You probably know about the New Yorker magazine. The New Yorker is a wonderful magazine that's filled with good articles to read. The New Yorker is probably more famous for all the good cartoons that come in the New Yorker. In one New Yorker, there's a cartoon depicting a slightly sheepishly looking preacher standing at a pulpit and he's leaning out over the congregation and he says this. Folks, it's been a really tough week. If anybody has an anecdote or a current events or something they'd like to throw out, I'll wing it. Well, in addition to the regular meetings and commitments of my life, in addition to the bulletin and the two worship services that we have and pastoral duties, we are in the season of Lent with extra programs and many activities. And then this past week, we had two church members die after long-time illness. Ed Deal died on last Sunday night, and Betty Hudson died on Wednesday Our thoughts and prayers are with those families, and we will continue to minister with and for them. More than that, more than that, if we've been reading the papers just a little bit, we know that there are lingering debates around the Commonwealth about the budget and especially about Medicaid expansion. And we live in a city that's continually divided over front-page issues about what should happen here or there. As it, there are lots of opinions about these issues that even divide us. And we have an almost unbelievable situation in the news regarding a jumbo jet that is lost off the radar, unknown in Malaysia. It was on its way, as you know, from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing. 239 passengers, gone. So here's the question for, for today. Does everything work together for good? Does it? In this series of sermons, I'm preaching on one verse of Scripture in these days, and our verse comes from Romans 8, 28. And this is what Romans 8, 28 says. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purposes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Does everything work for good? Well, I doubt that the family members of that lost jumbo jet airplane are anywhere close to thinking everything works for good. Their days and nights continue to be filled with endless waiting and intense worries of maybe a jet crashing into the sea. Or more recently, their days and nights are filled with a hope that this plane is landed somewhere and can't be found and that just maybe in the coming days their loved ones that have been missing now for eight days will be found, rescued? Does everything, everything work together for good? That might be your heartfelt question. 
from some particular circumstance that happened to you or maybe is happening to you right now. Some great challenge, some turmoil that's going on and it's going to change the trajectory of the life you thought was yours. Does a drastic event in your marriage or something happening within your family or at your job work for good? Could cancer or some other disease that we battle work for good? Could betrayal or major disappointment or mental illness ever work for good? Does an unexpected job change work for good? Does the loss of a child work for good? Could it ever? All these things and others come our way. And they change the trajectory of our lives. And the scripture says all things work together for good. Could it? Possibly? Really? All things? This is when the huge waves of doubt come crashing in on the faith that we're seeking to live by. The text says, we know, quote, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God. Oh, maybe that last part then is sort of the kicker. That's the part that makes a difference. We have to love God enough for things to work together for good. Is that it? Maybe we don't love God enough. That's why we don't see the good. Or maybe it's the next part of this verse. Who are called according to God's purposes. Okay, all things work together for good for those who are called. So there's the mysterious sort of disconnect maybe. And then it works for good when we know we are called. So we keep waiting and we keep hoping and we keep watching and we keep praying that the things that happen to us, losses, pains, heartache, disappointment, even death will one day work out for the better. Work for good because so far, so much of what happens doesn't seem so good, right? Planes get lost with real people affected. We, our loved ones, struggle with disappointment and disease and depression and addiction even death. We know lots about lots of things. We do. And they are not seeming to work together for good. Too many tears. Too many tears. Hungry people looking for something to eat. Not enough health care for people in our community. Maybe not enough compassion to act for health care in our community. We say things like, this will get better. We say things like, you'll get past this. We hear things. We hope things. We pray things. This too will pass. We mean those things. We do. But there are lots of other truths that are swirling around. We live in a dangerous world. And we are vulnerable people to cancer, to suffering, to loss, 
stuff happens. Bad stuff. Marriages break up. People do strange and mean things to each other. Kids disappoint. People have guns. Use them. Even planes get lost. Jumbo jets in 2014. Life can be very, very hard. We might like this verse for today. We might wish it was true. Very true. But can we really believe it? We know all things work together for good. That's what it says. Do all things work together for good? Here's something that helps me a great deal. Helps me with this verse very much. If you have a study Bible or a Bible with some notes at the bottom, there is a notation in the very middle of this particular often quoted verse. While the new RSV, which is this Bible, says, we know that all things work together for good, there is, friends, sincere disagreement about how the words in this particular verse actually line up. When translators go to translate the ancient text and the New Testament was written first in Greek, you might remember, they use all the ancient manuscripts that they can find. And there are a number of them. Some of these manuscripts are in better shape than others. And then they have all been copied uh, various times and passed down in various states of preservation. Some good, some not so good. So in addition to figuring out which English words we want to use to translate this Greek text, how to convey the essential message that's found in the ancient manuscripts, you actually get to choose which manuscripts you're going to pay attention to. So the note in this particular verse, Romans 8.28, says, quote, some ancient manuscripts read... Not, quote, all things work together for good, but this. God makes all things work together for good. Or, another possible and likely translation, in all things, God works for good. So if you're listening carefully, and you like English and grammar you might be picking up on a subtle but significant difference in the translation of these ancient manuscripts that were available, are available. In the first rendering of this text, we know that all things work for good, together for good. The subject of that sentence is all things. All things work together for good. In the second two renderings that I just shared from the ancient sources, the subject is not all things. The subject is God. Whenever the subject is God, everything can be seen in a different light. Remember, we're people of faith. Whenever God is acting in our lives, in our world, there is hope and there is possibility. Whenever the subject is God, namely God works for good, or God makes all things work together, then there is a chance for light and promise and possibility, even life out of death 
even hope out of the worst situations. This rendering not only gets my attention. This rendering engages me. This rendering engages my heart for the things that come my way. I'm not so sure that an untimely death of a loved one or some major setback in our lives will simply work together for good. I got questions about that. If I had a loved one on that jumbo jet or if I had just been diagnosed with some life-altering disease or someone said it will work for good, I doubt I would be at all comforted. In fact, I might actually feel a bit alienated from faith if somebody told me that. What good is God? What good is God if we say all things work together for good? Especially when what happens to us feels a long way from good and a long way from God. But when we say God makes all things work together for good, well, that's a different matter. That's a different matter. When we say in all things, in all things, even new diagnoses, even extreme and debilitating loss, even unimagined pain, in all things, God can be working, will be working for good. Well, then that has a different shape and feel to it. That can be redemptive for me. Indeed, that's the story of the Bible. The whole Bible is about that. In all things, God is working for good. God makes all things work. Work out together for good. That's what the Bible's about. In fact, that may be the best summary of what the Bible is about. God is working for good. In all things. Here are just a few snapshots to remind you. Remember Abraham and Sarah? They appear in the Bible in Genesis chapter 12. They're called to go and be a blessing. And through the world, through them, the whole world will be blessed through Abraham and Sarah. But they couldn't even have children. They're barren. She's an old woman. Except God is at work. God is at work and God worked through them and they had Isaac and then they had generations of people that became their legacy and that became a blessing to them, to, to the world for God. The story continues. Poverty and desperation go, drove God's people away from the promised land and they found themselves slaves in Egypt. How could they be a blessing if they're slaves in Egypt? Well, the answer is God. God works. God works through all things and God worked through Moses and God worked through others and the people were freed and they were led to the land and peace and prosperity followed them because of God. And then the people started doing what people start doing always. They started turning inward. They started thinking about themselves. They forgot about who they were called to to be and what they were called to do. And they started fending for themselves. And they started hoarding. And they started acting selfishly. And it looked like disaster for God's people who were called to be a blessing. Especially when other nations were coming and crashing in. Crashing in on their land. Crashing their temple. Crashing their king. Except God never let them go. God didn't give them up to death and destruction 
and the covenant prevailed and carried on. This is how all of the Bible keeps unfolding. Things happen, bad things, really bad things, and yet God stays at work, and God never lets them go, and God prevails even through the worst stuff. And you know the story of Jesus. You probably know it pretty well. This peaceful, kind-hearted, healing, loving, teaching human being who lived in the first century in Galilee. And what did the people do? Well, they chased him down and they boxed him in a corner and they hung him up on a cross and he died. And what did God do? God raised this Jesus from the dead and God worked through all things. And now Jesus is the most revered and followed person in all of history. It's because of God. God works in all things. God works. So that's the message of the Scripture. God makes all things work together. That means the mess of our lives. The mess of my life. The mess of our city. The mess of our world. The losses that feel so overwhelming. The desperation that can cover us up and drown us in darkness. God takes the mess, the misery, and makes things work together for good. That means the missing jumbo jet even the next horrific shooting, wherever it's going to happen, somewhere, and lots of people are going to die, or the next major tragedy. That doesn't mean God is in the midst of that uh, causing it. It means God is all over it, bringing about good from it. That's what happens with each of our lives, and always, that's what God is doing, working for good, making all things work together for hope, and for life, this is the promise. When God is the subject, things are seen in a different context. If you came seeking to hear the gospel today, some good news for your life, that is it. God is always the subject, and God is always at work, and nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, God works for good. So our invitation, our responsibility, our jobs as God's people is to participate as the second half of this verse says it. For those who love God, for those who are called by God, we're called to know that God is at work, even in the most difficult scenes, even in the biggest mess of our lives, God is at work in the most trying circumstances and we are called to love and be participants with God in bringing out good. That's what it means to be called according to God's purposes. Called according to God's purpose. We're called to trust that God works in all things, that life is way bigger than we can see, as Ginger's reminding us. Life is way bigger than we know. Life, friends, is held by God, and God is always at work, so our lives are about working with God to promote light and love and peace and healing, not just today, but always and everywhere. When we do that, it becomes even more clear 
that God is working for good in all things. Both Catherine and I have mentioned a book. It's a book by Gregory Boyle. It's called Tattoos on the Heart. Gregory Boyle is a Jesuit priest who lives in Los Angeles and who's worked for the last 30 years in the crime-infested gang-led projects of Los Angeles. He has a book, and the subtitle of the book, Tattoos on the Heart, is called The Power of Boundless Compassion. Boyle tells the story of Manny. Manny is a guy who grew up in the projects. And like so many, Manny got involved with gangs and gang problems, drugs and violence, bad violence. Then Manny got connected to Gregory Boyle's ministry called Homeboy Ministries. And Manny learned some of the, some skills. And Manny helped to build the child care center that Homeboy Ministries Industries was building. And he was on his way to a new and better and productive life. Manny even started college and was taking care of his kids. And he was doing well. But then one day, Manny was seen by one of his former rivals in the rival gang, and the rival shot Manny as he was driving his car. Manny ended up comatose in the hospital, on life support. Finally, all of the homeboys, his friends, his family, his loved ones, his neighbors came by the hospital to tell him goodbye, and finally Manny's grandmother signed the documents so Manny's organs could be given to somebody else. As the two nurses wheel Manny to surgery for the harvesting of his organs, one nurse turned to the other nurse and shakes her head in disgust, seeing Manny covered with tattoos lying on this gurney, She says, seeing the tattoos, knowing well where Manny had come from, I mean, the nurse says, who would want this monster's heart? The other nurse stopped the gurney in the middle of the hallway and turns to her co-worker with a clarity that may well have surprised even herself. How dare you call this kid a monster? Did you see his family? He was loved. Did you see his friends? He was somebody to those people. He belonged to them. How dare you say that? Indeed, bad things happen. Bad things happen. We live around darkness and we live around death. Some of us experience it more than others. It can get very bad sometimes. And we can even make it worse with our sloppy comments, our selfish arrogance, and our lack of grace and compassion. The poet Mary Oliver put it like this. There are things you cannot reach, but you can reach out to them all day long. You can reach out to them all day long. See, when we seek to trust that God is at work in all things, 
then we can seek to love as God loves. We seek to live as God calls us. We keep reaching out. We keep sharing love. We keep trusting that God always works. And then together, it can become good. A heart and an organs and life for someone else who needs it. Hope and purpose, even out of the worst situations. Goodness and peace, blessings, possibilities that go beyond the world's imagining. That's what God is about. In all things, God works. God makes all things work together for good. That's the gospel. Here's the key point. We're called to imitate the God we believe in. Imitate the God we believe in. The God we believe in is always at work. In every situation, no matter how bleak, no matter how drastic, the God we believe in is a God who never gives up on us. Never lets go. The God we believe in is the God we read about in Psalm 139. Where can we go from your spirit, O God? If I go to the farthest corners of the earth, you are there. If I go to the depths, you are there. If I go to heaven, you are there. God never, ever gives up on us. So what do we do? We seek to imitate the God we believe in. That means loving and serving in the midst of darkness. That means sharing light and hope in the midst of all things, trusting that God is always present and God is always at work. The God we believe in never lets us go. And we're called to work for good in love and in faith. May it be so today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and forever for God's purposes, God's love, God's promises, they prevail. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. We believe, O God, help our unbelief and move us toward a deeper faith and more loving discipleship following Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.